podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast for this Sunday night. Uh, I am Gav and with me I have Grizz, I have Keith, but most importantly, returning from two weeks in the sun with uh, with Carius. He's done, he done a video, but I don't know when it's going to be released. <laughs> it is um, it is the man that makes up the A-team. We were going to do the A-team tune, but we didn't have enough time. It is Shawnee Lawson. Shawnee, I'm going to come to you first and I want to start about this whole penalty messing, right? Because I looked up stats. It's not like me to do this, but I looked it up. And in the most amount of penalties given in a full league season in the Premier League is 106. There's two seasons that had 106 penalties, all right? Over 380 games. I think we've played 28 games this season in the league. Maybe a little bit less because United and City missed out. And there's already been 16 penalties. Do you reckon we got over 200 penalties this season, Johnny? The way it's going, yeah, because it doesn't look like they're going to relight the the, raw, the law of that stupid handball rule uh, within the confines of the season. Now, I know Steve Bruce came out strongly against it today, even though he got a point in the end. And in fair play to him, he came out and said, like, I, I've no idea how aggrieved I'd feel if, if that went against me there today, because it's absolutely ridiculous at this stage. I think I agree with the concept of our... But I think it's being completely misused now. And this new handball rule is just absolutely ridiculous. Like anyone who's played football knows that when you're jumping up to head the ball, you use your arms to get up. So it's not an unnatural position. That's a natural movement for a footballer heading the ball. Mm. But the thing is, the people writing the rules don't understand this. It, it's probably a rule that was sat down and probably 15, 20 current referees and ex-referees come up and said, this is probably the way we should do it. Now, in fairness, it's uh, it's no longer a grey matter. It's kind of black and white now. And I think that's yeah. what people, I think that's what people asked for. But like surely in, in certain circumstances, common sense just has to be used. And they have the monitors on the side of the pitch. And it literally just takes, look, the lads in Stockley Park, have a look at that. Uh, there was a handball in the build up there. Was it deliberate or could it be avoidable? And like Eric Eric Dyer is not even facing the, the the state of play there today and he's penalised. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Now uh, on the other hand, the Mob Boy one, I think that was a penalty. Um I think he does. He moves his arm in a motion towards the ball as if he's protecting his face. I think he needs to probably be a little bit have a look at himself little look at himself. But um 
some absolutely bizarre decisions in the first couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. I think I think VAR needs to be. I need the gov- one of the governing bodies need to say this is it and this is how you implement it. I think the fact that the, the Premier League have tried to uh, spearhead it, um, it's gone massively wrong for them. And we thought this for cut out talking points, but it's just it's literally making the game worse. I hate the idea show that the game is gone, but it, it's quickly gone. Uh, yeah, with, with this new rule, it is, and and like the Mopay one is mad, and it's compounded by the fact that the final whistle goes, and you know, the, everyone thinks the game's over, and then they're looking at screens, and and Fernandez takes the penalty, and you know, your Man United win a game after full time, you know, and all this sort of stuff. But the the, the Dyer one today, um, like you said, he, he goes up to try to get a ball, he doesn't get to it. Andy Carroll's behind him, heads it. Back in the direction of him when he had, he's not even looking at Andy, Andy Carroll and it hits him on the arm. Now, like you said, it's a natural movement. So he's, he's mid movement as this happens. If Andy Carroll heads that and, and it's coming straight at, at the defender and he puts his arms up, it's a penalty, right? You know, he, that's not a natural position. My understanding always was if, if it's not in a natural position, but they're talking about silhouettes and all now and all sorts yes. of stuff. You know, like the one even against United on the, um, against, Palace for me wasn't a penalty, you know. The, the the ball is chipped at the guy as he's running, you know. Where are you meant to put your arms? You know the kind of way. Grizz, is this a case of and and like someone says there, it's not a, it's not a, a new rule. Um, FIFA new way for I'm just getting the Premier League to come into line with the rest of Europe, but and and you know people are saying there it's killing football and and it's well it's it's making a farce of fucking things, Grizz. But is there an argument that? Any sort of common sense has just disappeared now with the game now? Um, for now, it does seem that way. But there's no chance. There's no chance they don't amend this before too long. There's no chance. Uh, but I'm not, too sure if they can, of, I, I, I'm not too sure if they can amend a real mid-season. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure either. But there's because no people, way. people that would have had decisions against them will be saying, well, we got these against us and caused us points, and they are changing it, so other teams will benefit, and theoretically, you know that you throughout the year. With, yeah, you know that stat that you came out with? It'll be smashed <laughs> by Christmas, if that's yeah. the case. Because more so, I know you guys have discussed the uh, Dyer incident with Spurs, yeah. right? And that's obviously crazy, because as yeah. Shawnee says, he's jumping and it's hit the back of it. Like he's turned his back and it's hit the back of his hand while he's jumping in the air. And that's absolutely madness. Worst ones that will take place if this rule is not amended is the one Gary Neville was referring to today. And he talks sense because he says when a fullback in the area, because this is what's going to happen now. When a fullback is up against a tricky fucking winger, let's say Zaha or Saha or Mane, there's no way you can defend against them one-on-one without having your hands sort of back to either side, ready to go either way, right? There's no way you can defend against them with your arms behind your back because now what every attacker and what every clever manager, I wouldn't say, you know, they're going to play by the rules now, what every cunning coach or clever coach, call them how you want, will do is make sure that once you're in the area, you know how attackers or defenders play for corners? They try to get the corners off you and and, and deflect off. That's what they're going to do. They're going to blast it around your hands because the rule at the moment, as we as we guys are talking about, is, Shawnee, are you referring to that the rule is, is black and white? If it hits your hand, it's a penalty. Yeah, Regardless yeah. of intention, 
and I, I get that. I, I understand that, and I, I can see the valid point of that. But like, how, how can you like? Is a, a footballer supposed to jump and challenge strikers with his hands down by his side? Like, it, well, it's, it. it's just like like you said, Chris. The likes of Zaha, like he's gonna be flicking the ball up at defenders' hips, hoping it hits a hand. And but Mane, Mane will be will. will be the very every one. Every instruction from every winger, not even a winger. Full back, wherever you are, once you're in the area, just blast it at them. And if it hits the hand, we're guaranteed a penalty. That's why this has to be changed. Otherwise, it's going to become even more of a farce. Trust me, guys, because every club, every coach is looking to gain every advantage possible. And, you know, once you get in the area, this is an absolute opportunity to score a goal via penalty. Just smash it against their hands. It is, but Keith... Is it that simple? Is it that simple that if if you're if you if if say for instance you're standing in the box, Keith, a yard inside your box, and there's a guy three yards away from you, and your hands are down by your side, and he hits the ball at you and it hits you in the hand, is it that clear that it's a penalty? Because we all know that if there's any handball touch by a, a, an attacking player, whether it's meant or not, it's a free out. Goals have been disallowed. The major one last season being uh, City at home to Spurs in the second game of the season, if you remember right. Um, it hit, I think it might have hit Gabriel Jesus' hand or something like that. No, but, hit Laporte, but, I think, on the way through. Sorry, hit Laporte for Jesus to score. Um, but it, it can't be that simple, Keith, because I've heard this thing about silhouette. Now, I don't know what way... Have they got a big book of silhouettes where this is the position you're in if you're trying to stop a throw or trying to stop a cross? This is the one you should be in if you're going for a header. What's your understanding on this? Because like Kevin Kevin Sullivan says, it's 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 um quite straightforward the way it's written. I'd love someone to put up the way it's written. Um, but what's your understanding of this? Because for me, it's just it is getting a bit out of hand now. It is, but what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to be lashing penalties in left, right and centre for the first few weeks and then it's going to get pulled up and they won't change the rule but the refs will just apply a bit of common sense to it and they will use a bit more, um, they'll be a bit more subjective with it. You know, like, and that'll annoy people as well because you'll never get, you'll never get a solution that suits everyone and makes everyone happy. So you'll either have given every single touch that goes off a hand, whether it's accidental or not. I mean, if we go back to the Man City-Liverpool game last season where the ball hits Trent's hand in the Liverpool box, goes up to the end and we score. <laughs> and they're saying that's a, an unnatural position of Trent's hand. But Trent's hand was in a very natural position there because he was stopping and Aguero was beside him and his arm was and, in the exact same position. And nobody talks about the happened. fact that, that actually the ball comes off Bernardo Silva's hand. Yeah, to build up so would, it would have been... It would have been a free to Liverpool anyway. Yeah, like it's it's just if this real is gonna go ahead, we're gonna have to bring fucking we're gonna have to bring Matip to bleeding Doctor Frankenstein or something and yeah. guess that get his shells, get his hands bleeding sawed off or something. Yeah, because the fella has the longest arms I've ever seen in my yeah. life. So if they're yeah. gonna be going by silhouettes, how are they gonna walk this? Like they're opening a fucking mental. It's if they're really? opening this mad silhouette, this kind of warms. When well, this is why I think it's literally just be, yeah, the ref, you've ahead. given a penalty. Come on. Yeah, look, you've given a penalty. So, what you with? All right, that's in Stockley Park. Do you know what? You might want to have another look at that and see if it was deliberate or not. Or, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not this. Like, that ref would have never spotted that penalty at Brighton yesterday. 
No. Never. But no. it goes to Stockley Park and it gets the show. And that one today at Newcastle, it's the same. It's 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 ridiculous in my opinion. And look, we'll be on the end of them this year and we'll get them in yeah. their favour. My opinion won't change. No, no matter what. Yeah. Like it's just gonna and be. We'll get them against us as well. Like they will be blading down action <laughs> when they start going against us. Never mind, you know, we haven't, as you said, we haven't been on the receiving end of one of them. But we will be. At some stage we're gonna be on the receiving end. But genuinely I think the first few weeks they're gonna be lashing penalties in left, right and centre, and then they'll start, as Shawnee said, go and have a look at that and they'll start being a bit more well. He can't do that with his arm because I think the rule is that the refs have to make up, have to make the decision themselves. I think. But like do you they, feel? But but Keith, do you feel like? Do you feel a bit sorry for the officials here because there's obviously a mandate there that looks a bit stupid, and they have to implement it. You know, they have to implement it, and you know they might be looking at it going, "Fuck's sake, I have to give this." You know, the kind of way in their own yeah. head to look at the screen, going, "I have to give this fucking penalty," and yeah. in his own mind, he knows he's going against his own common sense like because let's be honest listen to most referees talks they're fucking normal blokes refereeing at the highest level of the game they're normal fellas that know they you know when they're not refing they might they watch a lot of football support teams or whatever and mm-hmm. trust me they've you know if mike dean is in the crowd for tram year and that happens he's giving the fucking loads you know that kind of way um do you feel a bit do you feel a bit sorry for them because they have to implement this it's a bit like the time do you remember when they they said look that we're cutting out any back chat to the referee yeah. And the referee, most referees loved it. They'd have to, they'd have to, the, the, the to and fro with, with players. And all right, you, you don't want to go on over the top, but they had to start handing out yellows. You know, if fellas said, fuck off, ref, or whatever, you know, the kind of way. Would you feel a bit sorry for them? It's hard to feel sorry for them because I think, and maybe it's not just the Premier League thing, but the level of the standard of refereeing is deplorable in the Premiership. And I think that comes from the very top. So Mike Royley being the head of the I don't know what the acronym is for the refs, PGMOL or whatever it is. And he was a deplorable ref himself. And I find there's a very much, uh, they don't like to, they don't like to admit fault. And I think there's an arrogance to Premier League referees. And it could be the same in the league. It could be the same in the Bundesliga. It could be the same everywhere. But I find Premier League refs are just deplorable. But they're not easy for them, other Gav. I kind of do feel sorry for them. But they're complicating it so much. There's a mixture of using your common sense, then go and see the screen. They're complicating it for the refs. I actually feel sorry for them. It, it, it's not the ref. This is a directive from above, and which they have to follow. And you're right. Some of them are thinking, what the fuck? But I've got to give it. Otherwise, they'd probably be told off. You know, it's not VAR. It's the directives. The directive well, the, the- that's given to them is fucked up. The one that's annoying me the most, and the penalty stuff is annoying, don't get me wrong, but you see the offside stuff. Where when there's a fella know? two yards, there's a two fella two yards offside, and the, he's just not putting up the flag. Just let it play out, and if he scores, we go back and look at it. You know, and, and, and this is meant to, this was meant to not speed up the game, but make it a lot easier, let make it a lot fluid and stuff like that. And you've, you've, lines were looking going, he's clearly two yards off, and he's just, yeah. I'll leave it. I'm not making the decision. I'm not making a decision, that's it, you know, and that, that one is really, really upset me. But listen, there's loads of people in the chat here, and we're going to talk, if there's 560 people in the chat, um, if you could please hit the like button, that would absolutely be amazing. Um, but loads of people around to us here about Man City and the defeat today, and before we go on to Arsenal-Liverpool, I just want a little word on, on Man City from all of because I, the stat was around Twitter earlier, they've lost 10 of the last 36, Liverpool have lost 10 of the last 128 um, levels, as they call it. Um Shani, I'll come to you first. 
They played Wolves last week and people were fucking drooling over them for the first half an hour. And when Wolves didn't turn up, and when Wolves did turn up, they looked ropey. Uh, City. And today, they they signed a new centre half for 65 million today, Shani. Ruben Diaz. If this continues on, Shani, they're not, they're not touching us this season. They really aren't. No, it's. I think it's a good thing that more than anything else down to personnel or anything like this. Uh, City needed to show go again this year and a bit of grit. And like, I remember season, like the last two years, well, not even last year, the year before uh, the title running, you'd be watching City and there was an inevitability about that play where you Part of expecting things to come there, but they went one nil up there today, and I was kind of like, I don't see it. I, I, I don't, I don't feel it. I don't feel like, oh Jesus, these are going to come back into it. Harvey Barnes was getting in down that side every single time. Gary never remarked on something which I thought was very good. And I never really thought about it. It's like there's a slight hint of what's the word. I think I think that might be self doubt with, with Pep because he's moved to these two hole midfielders in the middle. Yeah. <clears throat> that. Kevin De Bruyne would normally be in front of a Fernandinho or a Rodri where a David Silva or another little magician beside him. And that sort of option would cause teams havoc because you drop in, you'd have your low block and there'd be literally two fellas capable of pulling you apart. But now taken away from the wide areas and once you beat that City press in midfield they they just haven't got it defensively you don't have the bottle there's no trust between any of them and like Mohammed said there Plop, he do, Pep does overthink a lot he, done it, he does it in the Champions League season in season now yeah. I think he's doing it now City look a bit mismatched to me they don't they just don't and look it hasn't helped that they're missing the two natural strikers but it just doesn't seem to be clicking today. And they gave up today. They gave up. No, that's the thing. And Keith, I'll come to you with this one. Because they go one up after four minutes and it's like, this is the old city. Do you remember? They used to bash people for first 10, 15, yeah. get two or three up <clears> in the game. They could just do whatever they fucking liked and save themselves yeah. for the next week. They get one up and let's rapport. Let's rapport for the first 45. I'm going to be honest. They look, I thought this would be a row. But they get the penalty and they get back into it. You know what I mean? And you're thinking, well, all right. But as soon as they go behind, City's heads are gone. Yeah. They're gone. And like Shani said there, the overthinking <clears throat> comes in. They're overthinking. They're trying to change things straight away. Uh, a bit like Brendan Rodgers would do when he's panicking. Um, and, 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 but the biggest thing for me was they haven't got a set of bollocks between them. Yeah. Right. And Kev De Bruyne, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, again, for me, gone missing. When the when it gets fucking tough, these city players don't want to know. They simply don't want to know, Keith. That's a hundred percent true. I mean, it's shiny touched on it there as well. It's the biggest thing you can throw at them. They do not have the stomach. They have it when they're the favourites and they have a lead and they're you know sauntering like the t- two years ago when they pipped us to the league title, you know, and we put the bleeding wind up them. That was a, a a marker for them, and they couldn't live up to it, and they still can't. They, they don't know what to do. Like, he spent, someone put a stat up about defenders. They're going to sign Ruben Diaz now for 60 million. He spent more 64 on the million pounds. Club. 
Yeah, spent more on defenders than Klopp has in in general. Yeah. Nearly, that was my tweet. <clears throat> that was the really uh, did I have legs? Yeah, the best defense today has been ostracized. Like the guy said, he's yeah. not going to be there, and he was the standout performer in defense. Yeah. He's the youngest out of them all, and the only one with a head on his shoulders. And they're bringing this lad Ruben Diaz in now, who basically has to be a Van Dyke beside the. Yeah. Now I know that missing the part, but they can still be got. A, that, yeah. Like this is the thing with City. A massive, massive thing this year was force you know, blood, and it, it forced blood to us. Like they, they have literally. They've already, I said before I kicked off, two weeks ago, the last part I done, I yeah. said, we'll have to go to Wolves and we'll have to beat Leicester to keep up with us because I knew we were going to win our first two games. I knew we were. I, I had no doubt in my mind. And they're already trailing. And we have a chance to put our foot on the neck tomorrow night on the throat. And our lads will know exactly how big three points is tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, fantastic. So, Go on, Grizz. No, I was just going to say to you, Grizz, uh, how, like, we talked on, on Friday, on the Friday forecast about a couple of games over the weekend, how big were they for the likes of Leeds looking to kick on? You know, we, we discussed it on Friday night. If anyone hasn't seen that show, I, there's no point in going back and watching it because it was a preview of Friday, but it was brilliant. Just Great to let you know. Um, but Grizz, have Man City written Liverpool's team talk for tomorrow? I don't think so. I think our, our guys and our coaches focused enough on we know what we need to do. We know what Arsenal have done to us and, and Klopp's made a note of it and made and made a point of it as well in the press conference. So we will take care of ourselves. With Man City though, and, and, and I kind of disagreed with you in terms of I didn't think Leicester were poor. I think Leicester stayed in the game. They knew... Passive that, was the word I seen in the chat a minute ago, and I think that explains it very well. Yeah, but that's a different approach from Brendan Rodgers, and he needs to be applauded sometimes. I know you're not a fan, but even though he went down one nil early, he stayed in the game. He knew this city is fragile, this city mentally weak, and they just stayed in the game. It was very unlike a Rodgers team. I agree it was passive, but it was what was needed. And then, you know, as Shawnee says, with a couple of passes, you break that press, and you've always got a chance with the powerful running of Barnes and Vardy. And that's exactly what it was. A couple of passes to slice through them every time. And Man City defenders, as a unit, are probably worse than or on a par with Fulham's as a unit. No, they're that bad. Fuck the names, Keith. Honestly. I agree. Yeah, they're, sure. yeah. and, and he's totally gone against his philosophy of playing two DMs. I don't care what any City fan told me. Fernandinho yeah. and Rodri playing together is so unlike Pep. Yeah, and, and no one's mentioning that. Yeah, no and one's mentioning that. Exactly. It's a massive insecurity. It's a massive. We are in his head like anything. And if if, if, to... if if trying to move mountains to get Messi in didn't tell you how insecure yeah. Pep is, nothing will because yeah. it's should. Look, we might be jumping the gun here. It's three points dropped. It is, but. You need to look in the grand scheme of things. They needed us to be the one to fall behind because that was the narrative going into this year, that Liverpool haven't done the business. Liverpool are gone stale. City will want to fight back. Look what happened in the Project Restart when you went to the Etihad. It's all gone out the fucking window now because they are chasing already. Yeah. They are already chasing. Like you said, Gav, Wolves had a goal last week and you just weren't clinical enough but they were frail. It was the same frail city that we've been seeing for the last 18 months. This isn't like a 
It's not a flash and, in the pan. And you know, this Sony, characteristic of this side. You know, like we were talking about how teams are psychologically almost retreating and beating against us now. It's the opposite of City. And teams will see this because it's in whatever shows that it's a common feature now. It's not a rarity. It's not a one-off. It's not like uh, Liverpool lose a game and we go on another 20, 30 game unbeaten. No, this is happening every two, three games and long may it continue. They haven't, won, they haven't won five games in around the league. They haven't won five games around the league in, in the, over a year, I think. And it's all coming from Pep's insecurity, as we talked about. He never sort of goes against his plan of playing sort of 1DM and everyone else fluid attack. And, and, and you know, the, the, his tactics of stretching the game, keeping the pitch as wide as possible. Do you remember Sterling, Mares, or whoever it was? Did we see any of that today? Have we seen any of that? He's trying to play a compact game through the middle. It's not like him. But it's I'll tell you what, that's why. No, I did, you know what? Sorry, Sean. There's big characters there like Bernardo Silva and there's quality players like Mares who are in and out of side and on the fringe and they rely on. And these were players who were being touted of being used as make weights and deals. Yep. Yeah. You can't you cannot tell me that that hasn't affected the mindset of these players. We said it at the time. If you're yeah, Gabriel very, Jesus, if you're Gabriel Jesus, Bernardo Silva and I think Garcia, Riyad Mar- no, I don't think Mar- it might have been Garcia that was, was being yeah. linked, but Garcia wants to go anyway. So, But those two must have been looking going, hold on, they're willing to give me away. Yeah, dead right. We said this at the time, Shawnee. But the big the big thing for me about City's style of play is, and I know what you're trying to say, he's trying to be compact there and two defensive midfielders because of... T- but even though he's putting these players in there, right, he's still trying to stick to what he believes should be the way the game should be played. He's not adapting whatsoever. And Shawnee made a point there a second ago, you know, that they needed us to do something. That, that's that's the point. That's it on nail on the fucking head. And for the simple reason is, Manchester City need Liverpool to do something to to make Manchester City look good. They can't go out and do it themselves. They can't go out and put pressure on Liverpool. They can't go out and put a statement down. They could have went out there today and bashed Leicester and went, yeah. we're, we're six from six, boys, and you're playing Arsenal tomorrow night. And they need, they're not looking for them to push themselves. They're looking for Liverpool to come back to them and then see if they can win a game of bingo. And it's not going to work. It's, uh, it's mad to watch. It's absolutely mad to watch. And we had a big debate about Guardiola at the end of the season. And th- there was a lot of strong words said against him. And for me, he looks like a guy. And I said it, he's wrecking his own head and he's wrecking his player's head. And before long, this will all just blow. It really, really yeah. will. Walid Walid puts a good point there about Sané to Torres as a downgrade and the the amount of downgrading they're doing like it doesn't get enough yes. mentioning it doesn't yes. get enough mentioning you know um, they got rid of comp, got rid of company and only really replacing them now with Nathan Aki I mean are you worried about Nathan Aki going to City I know I'm not they're now looking at 65 million deal for Ruben Diaz now Ruben Diaz is a good player he's a good player are you worried about City signing Ruben Diaz now I'm not I don't think he's going to shore them up. If they'd have brought in and look, Kula Bali, if they'd have brought in a Kula Bali or an Upper Meccano, even though they're more high profile, you're probably thinking maybe, Jesus, they're a bit more solid. Diaz is a good player. He really is a good player. But you're not worried. They're signings. They're not improving their squad. It's mad. Like if I'm Pep now, I'm looking at that and saying, right, Hossam Elwar is going for 50 million euros. There's 51 million give me Hossam Elwar because we need something creative in the middle of that pitch because Rodri and Fernandinho sitting there is absolutely stinking. Now, people in the chat are saying Fernandinho's had a fall now with, with Pep. Not surprised. 
So there was talk of him going to Fenerbahce yeah. last week. So there's talk the, of him going to Turkey. Yeah, oh, it's madness. They can buy they can buy the, the best defenders again. I'll go back to the system. The it's the system. He hasn't created a system that's strong. His system was based on attack and possession. His best form of defense was attack. His best form of defense was possession. He even speaks about it in many, you know, whenever he's talked about his tactics. He says, My best form of defense is if you haven't got the ball, you can't attack us. Mm. Yeah. And so that means he's relying, not sorry, he's not relying on his defenders to be strong mentally or even in a structure. It's 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 issues that long may continue, but I can't as you, and I agree with you. I can't see it being fixed just by bringing in different personnel. They spent X amount on their fullbacks. Did you see the state of Walker and Mendy today? It's 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 embarrassing. Yeah, terrible. Uh, there was an England game. I remember Ferdinand was hot mic and he didn't realise that his mic was still on and he turned around. I was think it was uh, City and Chelsea at the bridge. It might have been. And Ferdinand turned around and said, like, England won't win anything with Coyle Walker playing there, whether he's an auxiliary centre-back or a right-back. Did he say that? Wow. Yeah. And he, he didn't realise that his mic was on at the time. And every time you look at Walker, yeah, he's, he's a quick lad. He's great going forward. He's physically, awful. he's a beast, Shawnee. Physically, yeah. he's absolutely perfect physically. But he's stupid. He, he, look at that today. It's pure insecurity. Nothing he, in there. You no know, belief in Garcia getting across to Harvey Barnes there. Yeah. When he pulls him down. Like like you said, like Grid says, oh, he's have as a unit. City are a defensive mess. And to be honest with you, you could probably look at Arteta and say, was he probably steering the ship towards the back end of the pitch there for Man City because they've been an absolute mess at the back? So look at the difference. I, I, the I, now. But yeah, yeah, but but I think I think the issue with the fullbacks at Man City is he he wants his fullbacks to be at he, he look he's trying to do what Liverpool do with his fullbacks, but he hasn't got fullbacks good enough. Okay, and the mix we have of just an outrageous fucking right back we have is just outrageous. When people slay Trent Alexander Arnold. Right and go. Oh well, can he do this? And can he? Yeah, he can. He can fucking do it all. Because if you want to go and watch these two bums playing every week, go and watch them. And supposedly the best side you've ever seen in the Premier League. Go and watch Trent Alexander Arnold. Have a sit down, take a fucking sedative, and you know relax because the, the, Trent Alexander Arnold is fucking light years above any either of them fullbacks. And I mean light years ahead. Yeah. You can like, pick. You can. You can. You can pick at individual things. You can pick at individual things. Oh, oh, an incident here, an incident there. But Kyle Walker is trying to play as a right back. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to. It's like he's nearly trying to impress too much by going forward. And he hasn't got it up there defensively. He hasn't where to be. And all right, physically he's a specimen. He's up and down. He's up and down. But it doesn't matter how quick and how strong you are. In at this level of football, if you're out of position for a second, no matter how good you are, you're going to get punished. And that's where they're getting punished all over the place. Yeah. And when you fullbacks that are that bad, it doesn't matter who you have at centre half. Because if you put if you if you put Mendy if you put Mendy and Walker in the Liverpool side, Virgil van Dijk would pull his fucking hair out after about three weeks. Yeah, exactly. And Gav, that was great. That was great in the first year because they Mendy was a relative unknown and Pep was backing on his side having the ball for 80 to 90% of the game. So he knows these boys might only be challenged once and twice in a game. The problem is now, that that stigma is gone. 
that yeah. stigma is gone. People seeing what Wolves did at the Etihad when they went there and have a go. People seeing what Palace did when they went there and have a go. Teams are no longer afraid to have a bite back at City. They don't just sit in on the edge of the box and hope for fucking miracles. They have a goal. There's a game plan. You seen there today? It was one ball. They were just releasing Harvey Barnes every yeah. single time. Literally, like you see teams trying to do to us, but we have structure. Now we've started poorly towards the the right hand side of our defence this season. Baron Fabinho, who was excellent last week at Chelsea, I'm sure he's went over that. But if you look at the Leeds game, they target us. That Phillips the ball over the top over Trent's head and on Gomez's side was on the whole time. But the thing is, Trent never does anything rash and pulls the yeah. attacker down because he trusts Gomez to get in there and make a stop. And if Gomez doesn't get in and make the stop, well, then that's it. You have Alisson there and that's football. But look at Walker today there. No, absolutely no. Panic. No. Yeah, panic. Panic. Because he knows. Absolutely, you're right. Uh, Paul, 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 sorry, go on, Shani. Go ahead. Um, Paul Hardwick has a thing in there Pep gone by Christmas right and I left it up on the screen because I, I don't believe he'd be gone out of a job I th- I, the only way Pep is gone out of City is if they go out of the Champions League and if they go out in the group stage before Christmas maybe that's a chance but Quits. quick, quickly lads and I'll go around the table and I'll go to Keith first <coughs> could you see him going beyond this season if this carry on continues no no Shani think he'd be gone no no I no? think there'd be too there'd be too many Pep Every challenge he's ever had, he sort of walked away from. Yeah. That's the thing. He had a great at Bayern and he had a great at Barcelona. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Pep is a shy coach because he's clearly not. In my eyes, he built the greatest club side ever. He really yeah. did. He, yeah. he, he put them together. But he hasn't had it that way since. He went to Bayern. They won a treble when he took over the year before. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's looking like Juventus is an easy route. For, for Pep out now another out ball win a title in Italy there's your legacy no real financial constraint there with Juventus no real challenger like he was I think Napoli challenged him a couple of years ago Yeah, it, looks like, it looks like the perfect bridge for him he's mm. not going to stay there and go toe to toe with Klopp every year no. only for us to come out on top and mm. us to regret more than them in Europe because I'll bet in 9 times out of 10 we will People laughed, didn't they? People laughed when when he said that Liverpool's the toughest opponent he's ever faced, and thought I was just saying that. But it like the relentlessness of Liverpool, of Klopp's Liverpool team. Like Guardiola cannot breed at Man City. He's under so much pressure. Like when he was at Barcelona and Mourinho was there, right? Mourinho got the better of him at one point, but ultimately. He, he had the upper hand. He can't see. He's trying to buy Messi, as Shani said, to get the upper hand on Liverpool. Madness. Hmm. Chris, for you, do you think he sees out the season no. if this start the mess and continues? Oh, he might see out the season, but he won't get sacked, but he'll definitely walk. He won't get sacked. They love him. And rightly so. You know, he's done wonders for that club. Image, European status, whatever. Not much, but, you know, worldwide, sort of the brand of football he plays. But he'll walk. Exactly, exactly what Shawnee says. There's no way he handles the pressure, the pressure of Klopp, the pressure of another manager standing up to him, a la Mourinho. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. it, it, it's too much for him. Um, you know, I, I love the guy. I think he's Man. revolutionary in terms of attacking football coaching. Absolutely, he is. We can't sit here and deny that. No. But, but <laughs> there is a question mark now and Shawnee touched upon it about with 
Arteta as his number two. And whoever his number twos have been, were they the defensive side of things? Because this fella, it seems to be a, 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 a black marker against him you know, in terms of setting up defensively, coaching defensively. He, he, he definitely walks. Yeah. Well, a couple of people I've mentioned in there that his wow. contract's actually wow. up in 2021. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Yeah, there you go. She's not going to extend. I know they'll probably keep him here for as long as he won't extend, though. I think, like you said, a lot of people in the chat are going on about Arteta. And I said to myself, I think the role of assistant coaches is massively downplayed by just fans in general. They don't realise how important it is. Like, look at Ferguson. Ferguson always yeah. just chopped, chopped and changed every few years. When every he couple like, of years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And a big telling point to me was, what you... Keith's great with the names. I'm going to bleed Butcher like Kenny Cunningham. I'm bleeding off the ball or something. He brought your man Tiki back who was with my Barcelona. Chicky Bigerstein. That to me was a telltale sign. Like that's, that's, you're drowning. He's drowning there and he's looking for a lifeline. Bringing him in there to see what can help. It's massively downplayed the importance of, of yeah. Even Pep Linders with Liverpool. Yeah. You see the guy training, you see how vocal he is. You even see Klopp, Klopp's ability to just release him and let him go do the Carabao things. And I love listening to him talk about football. It's great. Yeah. But Pep is drowning big time at Man City. And the only thing that pulls him out of more now is probably a league and Champions League double. And they have never looked they've never looked further away from it. Yeah. And you know something? Um you're saying about Juventus. I think PSG is absolutely nailed on from. I think I they. Think so. I, I, I think. I think if the. I think if it gets to the end of the season and PSG have won the Champions League, I think they'll throw everything they have at him. Even though he may have failed at Man City, um, they will still see him as the best chance to go and win the Champions League, and they'll throw. And for him, it's literally him. just the Champions League. Oh, he's literally going in and just. France looks after itself, and and he just he, he puts yeah. everything he has on the Champions Makes League. Makes sense. You know, Italy, Italy is a slight. Yeah, well, 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 there you go. Favorite fans, favorite. Absolutely, exactly. Um, whereas Tommy Tuchel, um, nah, they, they just Your get rid name. of him. They just they just give him a tree and one, and a can of coke, and tell him to be on his way. Little um, the head and send little head. Best of luck, Tommy. Uh, and I hope they do. I can't fuck it. I can't stand him. Um, I like Brendan Rogers more than I like guy. him. That's how much it is. Oh, sorry, 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 Chris. Uh, listen, enough on enough on them. We're forty minutes in, and we haven't talked about Liverpool yet. But that was a brilliant discussion. And but there was no one giving out in the chat about it, which is brilliant. Uh, a lot of people just go, "Oh, we're going to talk about Liverpool." Uh, but listen, that was that was the big talking points of the weekend. Um, the penalty stuff and Pep wrecking his head and all his players' heads. Liverpool, um, the, I want to go straight into this because this is the, the stuff that's gone on today. And Grace, um, Alisson and Thiago Alcantara, l- rumour that they are could be both b- big doubts for this game tomorrow. Um, I haven't looked into this too much, I'm being honest with you. Uh, where is this coming from? Is there any truth in it? And if it is, do you think we struggle? Well, there is some truth to it because all the major journalists sort of reported it straight away, didn't they? So that often, usually, unless when it came to Thiago, usually means they're right. 
Um, but look, Alisson is massive loss in terms of, for me personally. Now, people can sort of go and defend and think I'm having an attack on Adrian or whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to give my opinion. Alisson out for anything more than five, six games um, is, is, is trouble. But I don't, I don't think it's that bad. Just because of the fact that, not because of the level of Adrian, but sort of what Alisson brings to this team. And we've discussed it many times. It's not just his shot-stopping ability. It's his command of the back four. It's his aura. It's the, the understanding. I know him and Virgil had a little bit of a mix-up a couple of games ago. But generally, since he's been here, and it's and it's this fear factor that he has over attackers as well. So, you know, that's the thing. With Thiago's situation, look, we've got enough talent in midfield. We know the system that we play. It's, you know, Thiago's ball sort of, you know, for, he's fine. He's he's here for the, you know, he may not have even started, even if he was sort of fit or whatever. So I'm not too bothered about Thiago. I think, and I've said it to you in private, I think Hendo's the big one. I really think Hendo's a loss to us. I think Hendo, we've discussed and we've at length what he brings to this team, you know, mentality-wise. And tomorrow's the kind of game, as Shawnee says, that, or I think someone mentioned that we need to go out and show. I think you, sorry, you said to me, do we need to go out and show them something tomorrow? You know, whatever the world. I think that's what Hendo brings to us. You know, he's an absolute leader. He was the one who'd be sorely missed. Look, hopefully, Alison isn't nothing, and I think it is something minor. It's not nothing major. He'll only miss tomorrow. We don't fitness test if it was major. No, no, exactly. I think that's what they said, didn't they? Fitness test. They mm. said, yeah, you're right. And um, so, look, he'll be doing a fitness test, touch and go, no problem. People, you know, what fuck's sake, it's like, it's absolute mayhem on Twitter. You know, our season's over because yeah. we've lost yeah. um, Alisson and, and Tiago, who's not even an active target. I mean, why are they mentioning Tiago? is stupid. <laughs> but, but look, imminent. for me, yeah, it's imminent. But for me, Henderson's a massive miss. Despite all the skill and talent we've got amongst our midfielders, you know my feelings. I think we all know, we all have our feelings about what Hendo brings to us. That would be my only slight sort of worry. Not worry, but just sort of, you know, a, a sad thought. I think we've got enough to sort of beat Arsenal, whether Alisson makes it or not. But over a longer period, I would hate to see Adrian in goal for us. That's just my opinion. And you know my opinion about Adrian. It's nearly as bad as yours on Rogers. Yeah, you need to calm down, relax. Um, yeah, I know. I could have sworn I was watching Thiago in training on Thursday. He was training, training. on Thursday. He, was, he trained Thursday and Friday. He didn't train on Saturday. He didn't train yesterday, and that's where I came from. He's okay, in the and he's the, literally. And and the Allison stuff just same. wasn't same. Train Thursday, train Friday. Yeah, but he was so, not in training on Saturday. But they were said that he was doing interviews Saturday. Okay, so it could be just a precautionary thing, and we'll have to wait and see. Maddock apparently is is saying that they're almost both certain to be ruled out. Um, Shani, do you go with this this thing about? And I agree with Chris, by the way. I think Henderson's the biggest miss of the trade. I'm being honest with you. I think uh, simply because he does set a tone. He 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 sets, and we said this. Um, after the Chelsea game last week, he sets a tone, he sets a level that he, he, he expects everyone to be at um, from minute one to minute 90. I think he's a massive loss, Henderson. But it would be compounded, Johnny, if, if Alisson A wasn't in goal because 
listen, you can rate Adrian or not, but but they look at that. Arsenal look at that as a bit of a pick me up, you know. And then to compound the Henderson thing, Thiago's not there, even though our midfield was probably still better than Arsenal's. But it's it's not a great time to be missing those three in particular, is it? No, it's never a good time to be missing lads out of spine your team. I think we can cope with I'm not uh, Henderson's a massive influence on the team. So is Thiago, but I think there's enough quality there in depth in midfield to get through this game against Arsenal. Yeah. Uh Allison is a big loss. The drop off between Adrian and Allison is eons, you know what I mean? And I know we stepped in last year and did a decent job and we got through it. But the fact of the matter is you don't want to be missing Alisson for any amount of time and you don't really expect that keeper to miss out on many games because that's where I was the one saying that like Adrian's an alright number two goalkeeper because he's not going to play that much but if it's another case of Alisson missing five or six games this year then it's probably an area that we'll need to address then next summer because we, we can't really be without Alisson tomorrow night it's massive and um, if they don't like fitness tests, I'm not looking at these as potential long-term injuries. Um, Alison and Thiago goes the flu. You won't do a fitness test for the flu. They're not going to make you run up and down training pitch in the morning to see how your fucking lungs are. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'd say, uh, the boys are on the hot whiskeys tonight and they'll be grand tomorrow ready to go. Um, I'd say the knocks and the, the thing is a small knock, playing with a small knock can become a minor issue and then a minor issue leads to a not so minor issue. So I reckon that looking at the long game here and the decision will be made, I, you just have to trust the, the, the backroom staff. I don't think it should affect their ability to get results one of night now, not one bit. And I also don't think fucking agents should be on Twitter slaughtering Adrian under his picture because that's even more counterproductive than not having your best players to select from. Yeah. Keith, if these two are injured and it does happen and it does go that they don't play, it screams for being your back in midfield and Joe Gomez at the back for me. Is it doing the same for you? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if Gomez is fit, I think he'll go back in there. I think Fabinho will go into midfield. I don't think, I think even if um, Thiago's a slight concerned, he won't play him. There's no need to play him. We're well stocked there. We could literally play Grujic and two others and still have a decent midfield. Do you know what I mean? Like Thiago's, not not that he's a luxury, but he's he's one that you don't need to take a risk with. Alisson, slightly different. I agree with Sean. I think we can get away with it. Um, Adrian for a game or two but you don't really want too much more than that I, you know it's 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 a strange one as people are saying in the chat there it's only Maddock really that's that's running with this that they're out um, and that he gave some gammy information about the Lincoln game that people would be playing that weren't playing you know so until we know they're out there's no point in sort of panicking about it because it could be a thing if 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 it's a little knock right and an injection will get Allison through, they might do that. You know, they might just say right. You can what get times kick off? Game. What times kick off? Eight o'clock is it? I'll have the team news around two thirty. Let us know. <laughs> Email me. If you look at Grizz's Twitter in his bio, there you get his email address for any inquiries, um, and that includes team news at half past two tomorrow. But I agree with you, Gav. I'm sorry, I may not agree with you in terms of who goes into midfield because Curtis Jones has been 
outstanding in every game he's played. And why why would he not sort of be one of the first options in that midfield tomorrow? I'm just putting it out there. I'm not saying maybe I would go with it. The safe option is to bring Fabinho back into midfield and Joe Gomez if he's fit to centre-back. But I think Curtis Jones, the kid, absolutely has done everything and more to be a contender for uh, a starting slot in that midfield, especially if we've got no Thiago and no Ox and no Hendo. You know, I'm just, I don't know what people think of that idea. I'd have have Curtis Jones in ahead of Naby Keita, I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Um, based on the first two games of the season and you could argue Wijnaldum yeah but the only thing I think with Henderson now I think Wijnaldum is nailed on um, it's just the, yeah, makeup yeah. Of the, the makeup of the midfield you're looking for what we usually go yeah. for if, if you're missing Henderson Wijnaldum is usually nailed on um, and because you're missing because you're missing Henderson and Wijnaldum is nailed on in one of those two A positions as they call them I think it's going to be a case of Fabinho does go back and play um, in his natural midfield um is not natural midfield position. Keith, I'll stick with you. Arsenal, two wins from two. Um had a good chat on was it Thursday night? Uh, was it Thursday night on the uh football terrace with, with a couple of Arsenal fans oh, and yeah. Friday again with Turkish from from uh, the Arsenal fan as well. And he was quite he was quite honest. He said, Look, we we feel like we're going in the right direction, you know. We are still missing a couple of players that we'd like to bring in. He doesn't feel that at the moment Arsenal are, are close to Liverpool's level, but you never know in a one-off game. When you're going into this one, Keith, what are you looking for as dangerous from Arsenal, and where are you looking to get at them? I mean, look, Aubameyang is is the trap for them, isn't he? He's going to be the the goal trap. But we've spoke, and I know you guys spoke on the show the other night. The midfield is absolute dirt at Arsenal. It's it's an area of the pitch that I don't think they can control games in. I think, depending on the personnel, I know Tierney's being passed fit, so Tierney will play, but does Tierney play left full or, does, or left? I think he'll play left centre-back. And I think you might have said it on the show, it's taken away, why boy him? As, why boy a full-back like Tierney and play him centre-back? I think it's... Um, the the Arsenal team news will be will be interesting. William has started very well for them. He will certainly be a threat. Um, up top, I think they look all right. You know, uh, whether it's Lacazette, Aubameyang, William, or you know, you never know. You might throw Nketiah in there, which I think would play into air hands a bit. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Ultimately, I think I agree. They, they are improving, and I agree with what the lads did say on that pod. Slow, small steps. It's what Arsenal need. They need to get a bit of a bit of bollocks into them. As as we were saying about City don't have it. Arsenal are trying to get that. And it's uh it it's one that they, they don't have yet. You know, they're linked with Thomas Partey. What's this? Yeah, go on, go on, keep going, keep going. I guess no, no, they're linked with Thomas Partey, they're linked with Hossam Hour, but they haven't signed them. So they're still gonna be going with a midfield of with Jacka, with El Neni, with Saboyos, uh, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not the the most creative. So look, I fancy us to to steamroll them. To be honest, and the could I beg on my face, mm-hmm. but I just fancy us to give them a beating. I think we owe them one. I think it, that'll be the team will be saying, look, we've they've beaten us twice in a row now. There's, there's a narrative starting to be built that Arsenal are our bogey team. Let's put that to bed. So I think yeah. they'll, they'll go on the other. DSE UK in a super chat. Um, say it quietly. Uh, 
Grizz, 50 pounds to your favorite charity for team news at 2.30. I'll DM you on Instagram. He's not on Instagram, brother. Um, but if you want to DM him on Twitter and he gives you the team, I have to, and it's right, you own 50 quid for a charity. I think that's brilliant. Carry on from DSC UK. I don't know what Grizz feels about that. But, um, Twitter, so hit me up on Twitter. Send me a message on Twitter and we'll take you up on that. No, brilliant. There we go. There we go. Um, Shawnee, for you, you know, the obvious stuff is, is Lacazette, Bamiyang. you know, I think Saka is, is, is quite good. Willian has started off quite well, although Willian has this tendency to disappear in certain games. Um, when, usually when it's a, it's a fast paced game and, you, and it's, it's a bit rough and tumble. But when you're looking at this Arsenal side, Shawnee, what are you looking for our Liverpool to get at them? Because, We've talked about the Tierney thing. Tierney's being used as a centre-back as an insurance policy because they don't have three good centre-backs. Yeah. So he's he's trying to leave him there and he's trying to use him then nearly as, as a full-back when they have possession, stuff like that. It's an insurance policy. But what are you looking for, Shawnee? Where where can where can Liverpool get at these? Uh, you know, down the sides, through the middle, put balls in the box. What are you looking for from Liverpool tomorrow? I think we can get get at them multiple ways, but I think the big thing that we need to do tomorrow is be clinical. And I know that's like saying bleeding water is wet, but um, the last two games against Arsenal, the one at Etihad doesn't really tell the story because we batted them, to tell you the truth. We batted them. We had about 25 shots and very unlike Arsenal, they were throwing themselves in front of everything. And I have to say, under Arteta, they've massively impressed me. I actually think at current, they're probably the third best team in England at the moment. I'd agree. That's how I rate them highly at the moment. I, I like yeah. what Arteta is trying to do. I think he's the best of these new skill coaches. I think he he's found systems to work for players. Like Shaka was dead and buried at Arsenal, and he's made him a really really good player. I rate Shaka. I think he's a good player, a very good system player. I think he's massively overlooked, like up by opposition fans in the same way that Henderson is. I think yeah. people don't realise how good of a footballer that he is. I think we just need to be clinical tomorrow night because we will create chances. They will give you chances. I know they've been defensively better, but they will give you chances. They gave West Ham chances the week before last. <laughs> didn't take them. They were lucky to get out of dodge and he won ugly. Something Arsenal haven't been able to do in, in recent years. So I just think we have to be clinical tomorrow night. And I think we'll control the ball. I think he's the way he sets up Arteta now is he doesn't mind the bigger sides having more possession against them because mm. Arsenal are very brave in years gone by. And they seem to go a little bit gung-ho. And that's why we've basically slapped them up at Anfield nearly every time we've played them for the last few, few seasons. I expect tomorrow night to be a little bit different. I think they'll be a little bit more pragmatic. It'll be a little bit more cagey. Um, I think... Team who's more clinical will come out on top. Chris, uh, Chris Prosser says, I hope Bobby tones up. And when Shawnee said we need to be clinical tomorrow, um, Bobby has to tomorrow. yeah, yeah, no, he does. And when, when as soon as Shawnee said, Chris, uh, uh, we need to be clinical, and I seen Chris Prosser saying, How Bobby tones up, how key is he, Chris? Now, and that sounds like a very obvious question, but usually when we're given chances by teams, they fall to Bobby Firmino and we do a lot of talking about him because oh he's missed that one or he's missed this one there's a high chance Grizz tomorrow if Bobby Firmino turns up and decides he's going to start hitting targets and, and putting balls in corners that um, Liverpool will win the game because he will get chances 
Yeah, I mean, some players have favourite teams. It does seem Bobby's favourite team to play against is Arsenal. He usually lights up the stage when they play against Arsenal. But I kind of have a different opinion and thought on the game. I think the midfield is key for us. I think our midfield have to be proactive tomorrow. Arteta's game plan in recent times against us has been let our fullbacks have the ball. Let our sorry, double double up on our fullbacks and our wingers, and let our midfield have the ball. And our midfield's been too pedestrian against them. Whatever the three has been in there. Now, yeah. a, I'm hoping, I'm kind of thinking maybe we play the second half formation in the Charity Shield because we absolutely terrorised them in that second half with that change of formation. So that's one option. And if but if we don't change the formation, then our midfielders have got to be very very proactive, Gav. I think our, our midfielders have to be far quicker in the movement off the ball, on the ball, even getting into the box. It may not be sort of, they may not be instructed to do so in the past, but I think Klopp will have them very, very energised, you know, instructed to sort of be far, far more active and alert uh, because it's clear to see that Arteta's had sort of a game plan where he lets our three have time on the ball. Now, obviously, it would have been different if Thiago was playing, but it seems that he's not going to be playing. So, you know, whoever the three are, and we can sort of discuss, or we've discussed who they could be, possibly be, they need to be active and on their game. And that's why we're in the game. Because, yes, Arteta and Arsenal have been very structured in their defending. and Same personnel, but it just... Sh- <laughs> Back, you know. <laughs> I forgot all about this. Go on, yeah. go on, Chris. Have you been on the pod? Listen, there was meant to be David Luiz, like, couldn't get Kevin Keegan. So he's, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, Haley, our Royals, Royals Rolls, he is. <laughs> he's like With less, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rose West. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I have no idea where I was. Um, oh, that's gone. But yeah, um, the midfield gap for me, um, playing to see Arteta's um, same personnel, but look at the difference in their attitude and mentality. I think they're a very good team now. I honestly do. And if they get Partey, and wow, wow, that's some, some fantastic signings. But at the moment, they've got Elneny and Xhaka in midfield and, and maybe Sabellos um, or Saka. Now, R3 should be match and above for them. And that's where it's going to be won, in my opinion. I think the press is huge tomorrow. I think the press by Liverpool is huge because somebody, it might have been Shawnee, said that um, Phillips ball over the top of the, over the back of um, Trent in the game against Leeds was something that they, they targeted. To, look, it's that out ball. You know, the winger has pace, he gets on it, he can get at air defence, he can forced into tackles or mistakes or openings or crosses or whatever it might be but that was their out ball and that it was their out ball because there was no press on them and Arsenal will look for this they will look for it like Caboyas or whatever you know alright he mightn't be the most physical but if you give him time he will pick balls in behind you for Aubameyang to get after so I think the likes of Bobby Mane um, Salah and more importantly the two lads that are playing in the eight I think the press is going to be huge tomorrow night because if we press them and we're making them rush balls out of the back, we're going to win them when they go up in the air. But if we don't press them, we give them time to pick balls in behind. They have got players there that can do it. Okay, Xhaka is liability a lot of the time, but he has a good left foot. 
You know, Caboyas is a, is a good football. He reminds me a lot of Andre Gomez at Everton, the way they play. You know, they don't like it overly physical, but if you give them time, they'll spray passes around the pitch all day long for you. You know, um, so I think the press is absolutely massive. And I think if this is where the fans come into it. If, the, if there was fans in that ground tomorrow in Liverpool went out and pressed them, they'd fall a fucking sunder. I've no doubt about it. I, I like where Arteta's doing. I like where he's going. I like the way he's given an identity to the Arsenal, a new identity, which is crucial to them. But I still think they have enough players on that side that if you pressurise them, they wouldn't know what to fucking do. And, and in fairness, they were fairly fortunate against West Ham, in my opinion, to come out with a win. Fulham was just, they, they, were, they were very good, but Fulham were poor. So for me tomorrow, Liverpool need, I don't know how they do it, um, because I've said it all along, if both teams come out and play to the best of their ability, Liverpool win the game, handy, handy, right? But Liverpool need to nearly go out there tomorrow and in their own heads, they're in a full stadium and they're being roared on and there's an intensity there and they have to somehow, you know, I don't know, they have to get into that frame of mind that it's absolutely do or die tomorrow night. Now, it's not. It's the third game of the season. But if Liverpool get into that mentality, they'll they'll beat Arsenal. And not only that, they, if they carry on with that mentality, they'll absolutely upend this league again from what I've seen over the first couple of weeks. Lads, predictions. Um, I want score predictions and I want some scores. J81 is the first one in with 3-1 to Liverpool. Uh, Keith, give me a score prediction and scorers, please. 4-1 to Liverpool, um, Bobby 2, Sadio and Mo. Okay. Grizz, I'm going to come to you next. Score predictions and uh, scores. I know it's 2-2, two, two, but give us the scores. <laughs> no, no, it's 2-1. And I think uh, Jota gets the winner after <gasps> Bobby opens oh. the scoring. Oh, I like it. I do like it. Um, Shawnee, give us a prediction. 2-1 Liverpool, Alisson and Thiago about to score. Good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> One A penalty during half-time and a second penalty after the final whistle. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, and I'm going to stick with what I've always said, 3-1 to Liverpool. I'm going to go with Trent to get one. I'm going to go with Virgil to get one. And I'm going to go with Mane to get one. Um, there's loads coming in here 1-0 Liverpool uh, Red Steve has Minamino Bobby and Moa 3-1 Avo has 10-9 um, he must have been speaking to one of the fields um, let me see Bertie has 4-1 Liverpool Manny with 2 Salah and Trent so look um, overall I think there's an Arsenal fan in there as well he had 2-2 I had to, I had to, I had to throw it in there for him um, he, he's a, probably he's my a, burner no, no, he's a, he's a, he's a, re- there he is, um, yeah, the Arsenal fan, Arsenal Circle fans, Channel, yeah, um, yeah, he's a, he's a regular listener, a regular watcher here, so, yeah. he had oh, two he too, so, <coughs> he's always here, um, and fair play to him, uh, Sulav LFC has 2-0 clean sheet, Salah and Mane, Owen Bork has 2-0 to Liverpool, so it's not like, apart from Keith, it's not a romp, um, by any means, but I think it's huge, I think if Liverpool go and win this tomorrow, 9-0-9, keep up with the Ev. Um, looking down on Man United, looking down on Man City, I think it's it's brilliant, lads. Before we finish, um, you know, there's talks of Alice or Alison Jesus Carius going to Union Berlin on a season long loan. Um, Kabak, who was rumored to be, uh, you know, an interest in Liverpool. I think he's spitting that fellas, so that might put an end to him. But yeah. overall, um, with not long to go now, is it is it ten days until the the window closes somewhere around that? Um, Shawnee, do you feel our business is done and? The main question on it will be, and people have asked us this, so I'm going to throw it out there. 
are you concerned over the centre half situation? Um, I think our business is done in terms of incomings. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. outgoings. Now I think there's loads to be done. I think there's a bit of cleaning up to be done there. Um, would I like a centre back? Yeah, I would. But after seeing Fabinho there last last weekend, I was more confident. When I was not needing him, and the thing is, although Gomez and and Matip are out now, you need to look over the course of the season. How long are both of them going to be out for at the same time? Whereas that we'll need to deploy Fabinho in that centre back role. So I don't think it's. I think it's something that we could definitely get through to January with, um, as is. But now, um, I can see it's going ahead with what we have. And look, you'd have to be. You'd have to be happy with it because this time two weeks ago, people were losing their shit. Yeah. We got the business done. And you emigrated. Everyone around us, everyone around us, still needs to walk. Whereas we're not. We're we're pretty much ready to go now. Mm. I mean, would you, if you were to look at it, if look, heaven forbid, uh, we we need to put a centre back in. Would you rather have like a Kabak to go in or Fabinho to slot in? You know, I'd rather Fabinho slot in there than have to throw Kabak in. So I'm happy to go with Fabinho a centre back. I think our business is done. I think it's um, as Sean he said, go to January, and if you need to look at it, then if Matip is a long term concern, if Gomez picks up a knockball, people have the thing that Gomez injury prone. He's not. He's, he's had a few bad injuries, but he's not an injury prone player. I think we'll be fine at the back. I think the business is done. I know there's a lot of talk for another attacker, but I just can't see why we would do it. It's worth mentioning that when Klopp was asked in the sent in the conferences about centre backs, he brought Billy Cometio into the into mm. the equation as well, and he wasn't even prompted. Now we never yeah. did that for Van der Berg last year, yeah. and that Philip, apart from your wife for cup or your fucking Carabao Cup toys. So Klopp obviously fails. Cometio will be useful at some stage this season. He obviously feels he has enough quality. Now, I I, I heard he had a mayor yesterday in the... Yeah, the OG. yeah. yeah, yeah. But he was but, injured, wasn't he? He was only back from an injury. So maybe that... He, he could be used. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we've loads of depth in midfield. All of our players aren't all going to be injured at the same time. Don't believe what you're reading really saying. Well, if Liverpool's fucking starting 11 is out with them... Yeah. Struggle now, we won't like we've loads of bodies there. Relax, we'll be grand. Mm. I think, um, I'll give Chris the last word on this, but I think that uh, I still think one comes in. I'm not too sure whether it be a centre half or an attacker. I'm kind of torn on it, and but I think the sales will be, yeah, I think the sales will be there. I think Grewich uh, carries on loan, obviously, Wilson and Brewster. Um, and like people that think, oh, well, they're bringing in all that money, could we not buy somebody? But like, you know, what. <laughs> We've paid. We're, pay, we're paying something like is it nine million up front a season yeah. for four seasons? Um, for the likes of uh, Tiago and Jota, so teams are going to come in with the same sort of deals to us. It's just yeah. people are people are helping each other out by not asking for as much money, just spreading it out over the years, and that's fine. But I still think one. I still think one comes in. I don't know whether it be an attacker or a defender. I'm not too comfortable with this, with with the centre half situation. I think I just. I just don't want us. I don't want us to fail somewhere in the season because Matip's gone out for another six weeks and Gomez falls out of form or gets a niggle, and we end up having to put Fabinho there. And you know, there we are, Henderson. Now we're here now, and what kind of what way will we do it? Ox is out, you know, the kind of way. So, it, for me, I'm just not. 
I, I'm just not overly comfortable with the, with the centre half uh, situation at the moment. But I could be completely wrong. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's it. But I think it'd be mostly outgoings now. Liverpool will look to do in the next ten days or so. Grizz, for you, incomings, outgoings, centre half position, injury worries. How are you fixed on all this? Um, yeah, I think we're bringing one as well. I think it's resol- it's all revolving around um, Matip. I think Matip, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but his injury is slightly worse than it's been portrayed and told. And that's the issue. I think, you know, they're going to, from what I've been told, they're going to really look at the Matip situation, see if it's a persistent injury or see if it's a new injury or whatever it is. And then that's the situation that's going to be sort of, that's the injury that's going to dictate whether we, we, we bring in another centre-back. I think we will. I think we... Someone said in there, Grizz promised us a striker. What kind of bollocks is that? Why would I promise you a striker? It's FSG's job to bring in your striker. I said we tried an ambitious loan, but forget that that didn't work. So forget that. I think I think we tried bringing a centre back, and it could go it could go well into the window because I think um, the UK market's open a couple of weeks longer, isn't yeah. it? 10 yeah, ten days or something. Yeah. So I think I think we're going to try to bring in a centre back because the matter. Injury. That's 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 my understanding. We, we have we've ten, we've ten days left now, haven't we? Yeah, but mm. the the the, t- the extra day is only within England, so they can only buy from like the Championship or League One. What extra days? Oh, well, yeah, does, sorry, it, yeah, does it does it does it doesn't it? I think it goes to the sixteenth that he can do. You know, the Championship can still trade and yeah. the Premier League. But they can't bring in from outside. Oh, like so, the, so, so the Premier League can saying. still trade within England. Yeah, yeah, that's what they, they came okay. out. Now, whether it's true or not, I don't know, because people were saying, sir, if Liverpool wanted to get him, the deadline isn't then, it's the 16th, but mm. they're not going to buy a centre-back okay. in the championship, buddy. Well, look, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. Um, it'll be interesting now. That, that makes it even more interesting because, like, you, you know, if teams are having a bad time and then they just start sloshing money around England, um, it could be a bit of crack for 10 days. Um, people robbing players off each other, it could be a bit of crack, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll still go with the 6th of October as things go. Um, it's been a brilliant show. Uh, tonight is Sunday, so of course it is the Fatback 4. It's been brilliant. Um, tomorrow is Monday, game day. Uh, we will have a short Instagram video i think i'll be doing that one um before the game after the game of course the game will only be finished around 10 o'clock and the forum will be with you at quarter past 10 with match reaction so go and watch that the transfer agenda show will be tuesday and thursday uh wednesday of course is the midweek fix and friday will be the friday forecast loads of content for you make sure you subscribe make sure you like make sure you hit the bell icon follow us on twitter follow us on instagram all them places no matter where you go and look no matter where you go and look, um, just type in LFC Day Trippers and you'll find us on any platform. We're the first thing that shows up, no matter where you are. Grizz, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight. It's not a problem. You don't need to thank me. Oh, well, I do. Um, I like to. I wouldn't have you talking about me. Uh, Shawnee. Shawnee, back from um, emigrated two weeks ago because we didn't sign Thiago. We signed Thiago and he managed to get a flight home last night. He's back and... Um, He's the Clark Kent, the Irish Clark Kent, as people keep fucking to call him. Uh, Shawnee, thanks a million. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolute good, pleasure. Good stuff. Um, we get Shawnee on again during the week um, if we can if we can get the money together. Uh, Keith, it's been a pleasure, and um, you'll be on all over the place this week, won't you? Ah, yeah, I'm sure it'll pop up here and there. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, we're very good at talking about football, but Shawnee has a little story to tell you about the last man standing competition that he started uh, three games ago. How long did it last, Shawnee? Well, it took me about six weeks to get at the point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, literally, the arse fell over today and yesterday. Last <laughs> man standing morning game week. Like never seen anything like it. But yeah. Make it work. The lad who won had United yesterday. Yeah. And they literally won after the final whistle. Yeah. Fucking so, madness. And what, what, Neil was waiting on Wolves tonight and they got bet out the back gate. So uh, we're actually looking to start one again, another one. It'd be very yeah. interesting. Get on, to me. Yeah, um, get, on, get on to Shawnee on Twitter if you want to get in. I think it's 20 quid in, isn't it? Yeah, we might make it to Halloween, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> we might make it to the end of the window. Um but it's twenty it's 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 twenty euros in uh payable through uh Revolut, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. if you get knocked out in the first week you can buy back in for ten euros. But after that then it's a free for all. But um, yeah, three weeks into a last man standing with twenty five fellas in it and uh and the fella that had United won it. Well, a bit of crack as well, to be fair. Yeah. There is a WhatsApp that's a bit of crack as well, yeah. Right, that's it. That has been the Fatback 4 podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining us again tonight. The chat has been amazing again, as always. Um, there's kids crying in the background again. It's definitely Grizz's, and he's just going to ignore the fact because he's amazing at that. That's what he does. That's what he does. Over and out. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.